Hello and welcome to uh, In the Pattern Podcast, Quick Cast Hotel. Uh, this is Mark, and I have with me my buddy Keith. Everybody knows through the podcast. Um, we're going to do our recap from our perspective on our trip flying out to Osh this year. Um, some of the stuff that we did, we saw, and uh, all of our adventures, for, for better or for worse. So, uh, hey, Keith. Hello, podcast listeners. Uh, thanks for having me on, Mark. Yeah, really appreciate it. It's been, been a long you time guys coming. For, following you guys for a long time. It's fun to finally be on. <laughs> now Shane can uh, can give you a hard time. Yeah, well, you know, and everybody else too. <laughs> Not that I don't deserve it. Cool. Okay, it was, so, it was quite an adventure. Uh, I'm glad we survived. Yeah, we, well, I think we had an amazing week. Everything everything just fell into place. It couldn't have been any better, in my opinion. So. Uh, well, with that, we won't tease the podcast listeners anymore. We'll uh, we'll talk about how we started our adventure. So we uh, we departed uh, uh, Lincoln, California, Lima Hotel, Mike. Yeah, Lima Hotel, Mike. And I should know that that's my second home field. So, um, but we departed at about o four o'clock in the morning. O four hundred. It was really really dark. Um, but uh, we got out early. Uh, Keith had filed a, an IFR, and uh, we climbed straight out and headed for, um, or was it Wyoming? Rock Springs. Right. We headed directly to Rock Springs. Uh, we actually got, as soon as we launched and got our clearance, we, uh, we got, were given direct Rock Springs, which is very unusual. But I guess that's what you get when you fly at four in the morning. <laughs> So, yeah. So, as soon was, as we got to altitude, we lost uh, our alternator, too. Yeah, that was always fun. So, we were technically illegal there, playing IFR with one alternator, but yes. uh plane handled it fine. And, and that, was a, uh, that was a gremlin that we had the entire trip, but uh, we, we were VFR after, the, after we landed that first time anyway, so we were, we were good then. Um, so, anything specific about the trip to Rock Springs that... Uh, Pops into your head there? No, we were just uh, we climbed up to thirteen five and uh, got on the oxygen. That was and, cool uh, for me because that was the first time I've actually used the uh, the cannulas. You were saying that's the highest you've ever flown, 13.5? and that was thirteen five was the highest I've ever flown. Uh, even even in my uh, CAP flights, we've never gone thirteen five before, and and even in the the two hundred six turbo or the one eighty two turbos that I've flown with them, we've never had to go that high. We've usually about eleven is about as high as we ever really go. Yeah, technically you didn't even have to be on oxygen there, but um, but I needed to be. And it's funny, you know, when you when you start breathing O2, it's all of a sudden everything gets clear and you wake up and because you are a little foggy. And I wish we could have uh, just not to jump too far ahead. I wish we could have done the the uh, pressure chamber at Osh. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Yeah, I, I really like to see what I kind of think. I know what my hypoxia symptoms are, but I'm not 100. percent So that would have been cool. But anyway. We we chewed through a whole bottle of oxygen uh, going to Rock Springs, uh, but other than that, it was pretty uneventful. Other than the alternator failing, <laughs> so you'll pick up here in this in this podcast that that was kind of a sore subject. I think with both of us at the alt two, we we kept trying to cycle it and get it to come back to life, and it just didn't want to play anymore. But uh, yeah, it was kind of an ongoing joke the whole uh, the whole week we were out. It's in the shop now, and it's officially dead, so it's getting a replacement. Excellent. Excellent. So uh, one of the one of the side notes that uh, I had I had actually posted a video on uh, Instagram that also filtered to uh, Facebook, but it was on my personal account. I, I neglected to put it on the uh, in the pattern 
Facebook page, but uh, I did a uh, kind of a 360 out at uh, Rock Springs when we got out there. One of the side notes about that airport, it's so peaceful and quiet, but that airport is also the uh, the inspiration for uh, Disney's cars. Um, I did a little bit more research and found out that's that's where uh, John Lasseter actually got his inspiration to do um, the setting for that for that movie. And it there was some amazing. Uh, if you're into geology and formations and earth science, there's some amazing uh, earth formations out there that uh, pretty breathtaking. There's not a lot of people out there, but it's uh, it's a pretty cool place. Yeah, driving on I-80 through uh, Green River right there is pretty impressive. It's got some neat neat formations if you're ever there. Very uh, cool. But it's also very high. Yes. So I think we had a density altitude uh, issue. A little bit. A um, little bit, but uh, plane handled it. When you're when you're in a uh, an SR22, normally aspirated, non-turbo, um, with with Keith and, and me in there with all of our gear, it actually uh, it handled pretty well taking off. We did a, I think we were only probably 250, 300 foot per minute climb when we climbed out of there after getting a full load of fuel. But uh, yeah. The 309 Charlie Papa handled it like a champ, which I've I've never doubted that airplane ever. So it was. Um, it was just I uh, typically when I'm that high, I rotate at a higher speed, um, just to kind of eliminate the that sponginess that you get at high altitude airports. Yep, yep. absolutely. And I, I also leave the flaps in a little longer until I'm <laughs> in caps range. There you go. <laughs> So, for those that don't know what the the caps caps is, it, what uh, it's the parachute system that's in the uh, in the Cirrus, um, and uh, luckily in in the with the perspective, uh, which is what the this uh, Cirrus has, it's the Garmin perspective. Um, it has a lot of uh, what what from my background in the Air Force, we always call bitch and Betty. Um, <laughs> it has a lot of uh, verbal enunciations, and and it actually will let you know when you're 600 feet above ground. Uh, that you're now uh, caps uh, caps is available to use if you needed it for some reason, but uh, yeah, it's so good to know. It's always good to know that you're where where you can actually use it if you need it. Um, they actually just added that in the last uh, software upgrade. It's it's a very cool feature. I I, I there's a lot of uh, verbal things that this thing this airplane does that I I really like and appreciate. So we took off out of there, took it easy getting up, um, and then made our our next trek. You're forgetting the most important thing, though. What was the most important part? Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> so, so Chris, uh, um, uh, Keith's wife, did the the coolest thing. She made us all peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. We had a couple each, and uh, it, it at one point in time, as we're flying uh, out of uh, out of Rock Springs, we're we level off and we're we're just cruising along, and uh, I break these sandwiches out, and all of a sudden I just started laughing out loud, and and. And Keith kind of gives me this look like, what are you laughing about? And I'm like, dude, we're living the, a, a childhood dream right here. We're flying airplanes and eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And so we actually got a pretty good laugh. That doesn't get any better. So, but it was a great trip. Uh, but the best part about the trip uh, flying out to Osh is that we had every anywhere from a, from a 15 to a 25 knot tailwind. Um, and it was nice and consistent. And so it made the trips quick and, and painless. Uh, and fairly, it was fairly smooth the entire time out there. I think we only had a couple of bumps, maybe over Nebraska or something like that. But uh, yeah, we knew the winds were going to help us. That's why we decided to do it in one day, and it turned out to be about nine hours, nine hours of flight time. Yep. Which yep. to go that far in, in a, a day, day is is pretty cool. It was cool to do that to see exactly how far physically you fly. But uh, 
when you when you when you think about that you're going to fly that far across country in, in a day, it, it's a it's kind of a daunting task, uh, at least mentally for me. I was like, are we really going to do this? But it's it's doable with two pilots, and you know, if you stop every two or three hours it, to uh, exercise your legs and bio break, bio break, yeah, <laughs> that was a key. So from Rock Springs, uh, we we took it pretty uh, pretty easy, and then we our next stop was in. Uh, Yankton, South Dakota. Yankton, South Dakota. The flourishing metropolis. Not yeah. much there, but uh, real nice people, and they they always have a spread of food. That was pretty impressive. <laughs> I'd, I've never been to an airport where people were waiting for us to come in, and they were they said, "Oh, we're so glad you're you're on your way to Osh," and they have yeah, like he said, a whole spread of food and drinks, and um, not that we really did much. We uh, I think I I think I grabbed a banana and a water. That was pretty much it. That I, all I really needed at that time, but. Uh, so while we were waiting at uh, at Yankton, or actually I take it back, while we were inbound, uh, another m- member of the uh, the C two A, which is um, I've heard two different versions. It's either COPA, which is Cirrus Owners and Pilots Association, COPA two Air Venture. That's the correct version. Or I heard it mentioned several different times uh, during the week that it was Cirrus two Air Venture, but uh, I, I I like the the COPA two adventure two Air Venture. Um, anyway, we heard one of our, one of our fellow C2A crews that was, was he, they, I think they, they said that they were, they're from California, right? Mike and his, yeah, he, uh, he keeps his plane in Palo Alto. Okay. And uh, we, we actually prearranged, um, hooking up and, uh, flying the last leg in, in formation. So we, we heard him, we heard them probably, I don't know, half hour out, uh, or so. Yeah. He actually, uh. Well, we saw his tail number. I said, I think that's him. And they were converging on Yankton too. We could see that on the, on the MFD. And, uh, when we were, uh, when we were entering the pattern, Mike gave me a call out and said, Hey, I'll be there in 10 minutes. So that was cool. That was cool. So, uh, so Mike and his kids, um, his daughter, Parker and Reed, Parker and his son, Reed, uh, were there. Very cool family. Very nice people. Um, so the uh, agreement was that we would do a little bit of practice form on the way from Yankton into Janesville, which is where we, uh, are, which was our rally point for the entire crew. Um, so yeah, we did some. Uh, once we left Yankton, we uh, we departed out of there, and and uh, oh, I think we did, we did a little bit of loose form at first, and then and then once everybody was comfortable, then we we uh, I think we did we start off flying lead. Uh, we did uh, no Mike Mike flew lead. We did an element takeoff. Um, we did a kick out and then we joined up and did, uh, yeah, we kind of did a gaggle for a little while, but then we tightened it up and, uh, and knocked some rust off going to Janesville. That was, you know, it's a long time to fly that, that close together. It's it a is. lot of work. It is. Well, You're, you and uh, I've done that going down to, uh, doing, going down to the annual, uh, Catalina Island trip. We went, we went from here in Lincoln, kind of met up about, well, I went from Auburn. Keith went from Linden or from Lincoln. We met up around the Linden VOR, and yeah, so basically from Linden to, down to uh, the LA Basin. That's that's a long long trek to to try to do form too. So anyway, back on back on track. But uh, go ahead and uh, tell us what we did. That was fun. We just uh, we uh, swapped leads. We did uh, you know the basic stuff, uh, uh, bearing line, moving in, getting tight, crossing under. Echelon turns, fingertip turns, um, but we we're all trying to, you know, trying to do this stuff and maintain a, you know, a reasonable bearing towards Janesville without getting <laughs> too far offline. 
but uh, it was fun. Uh, Mike's a very competent pilot, and uh, it's fun to fly with. He, uh, I'm very confident with him on his wing or being on him. He's an easy lead to follow. He doesn't make uh, quick changes in direction or anything. He's very cognizant of his of his wings. So it was fun, and it was a great way to to kind of end the day. Made the last leg a lot uh, more tolerant, um, and uh, <laughs> gave me a good workout too. <laughs> <laughs> so it took us about uh, I think it was about two and a half hours. Yep. About two and a half hours to get from Yankton to, to Janesville. So we arrived uh, we arrived at Janesville and then met up with uh, the rest of the, the C2A group, which turned out to be uh, 22 CRI. Uh, and we had uh, we had some reserve parking down at the uh, the jet center down there, uh, which was kind of which was nice because we were able to use our facility to meet up and and uh, do our briefings and. Well, we've used Janesville for the last, um, I've done this, this is my second year doing it, but um, I think they've used it for three, and it's just a really nice facility. They do have an air show going on, it's kind of a pre-Oshkosh thing going on. They actually had uh, B-29 Fifi was there, and uh, B-24, a couple DC-3s, C-47s, uh, 51, AT-6 couple of jets. I mean, it's, they had a nice little, they did have a good setup, nice there. little group yeah. of planes and we were fighting. It's kind of funny. We we're doing, we got in on Friday and then Saturday we did practice and, uh, <laughs> we're, uh, we're ended up having to wait for the super fortress to, uh, to get out of the way, you know, when we're taking off and so it's, it's pretty, pretty cool to be flying around the same sky with that thing. Uh, very rare airplane. There's only two flying. So, so at one point in time when we were doing our practice on Saturday, our lead, um, Matt was, uh, he, he was, we were taxiing out together. We were following him and, uh, tower comes on and says, uh, I, I forgot his tail number, but he, he basically says a tail number. He says, hold for incoming traffic. And, and, and we're looking around going, what are you talking about? And all of a sudden, or de departing traffic, I think is what it was. Cause yeah, cause exactly. he was, was lined up, hold for departing traffic. Fifi takes off right in front of us, which was, uh, the cool factor was, was amazing by itself. Uh, and then Matt, uh, kind of, kind of pops on after Fifi takes off and goes, I couldn't think of a better reason to hold. <laughs> so he actually made the, uh, the tower controller laugh a little bit. Um, then we were able to, uh, to get on about our business, but, um, so, but that's kind of leads us into what we were doing. So Saturday was the intent was to all the different groups. We, uh, we were all assigned different, um, uh, uh, group is not the correct term. We call it. We call them VICs. VICs. Okay. So there's. So there were seven separate VICs, each with three planes plus one trail, uh, which was flown by Mike Radomski. And uh, so when we launch, we launch in groups of three, and uh, it's pretty. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty intense when everybody's rolling down the runway and and launching. You look up and you see uh, you know twenty planes in front of you. It's something to see. Uh, it's even cooler when you're en route. Uh, we made the mistake. Uh, well, I'm kind of jumping into the arrival on Sunday, but um, it's just, uh, it's it's breathtaking. And I'm not even supposed to look forward, right? I'm supposed to be looking at my um, my wingman the whole time. But uh, when we kick out, uh, it's just interesting to kind of gaze around and see what's going on. It's pretty, it's really cool. 
Um, so the so let's we'll, we'll we'll talk about what we did on Saturday because you are jumping a little forward. But uh, so Saturday was was intended to be a practice day. So each of the Vicks was were able to go up, and we had uh, um, our 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 flight leads or our C two A group leads. Um, um, it was I'll, I'll let you do their names properly. I don't want to butcher the the our three leaders' names. Oh, um, are you talking about Will and Ron and Will, Ron and Mike and Mike? Yeah. So they uh, they've uh, basically done all the all the, the 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 homework that we needed to do. So we were able to uh, carve out uh, practice areas, uh, high and low. We had uh, enough that that way there was no conflict. And when, we, when all of us, all of the the uh, seven Vicks were up practicing, so. We had assigned areas, and uh, we would go up and just practice all the same basic maneuvers that were, that uh, Keith was referring to earlier, um, where we would, uh, you know, work on staying tight in turns and in echelon formations and in trail. And um, there is uh, there's quite a bit of of uh, good video. Uh, one of the guys that was flying with Mike, um, Jose actually uh has already published some of uh some videos on his youtube channel and they they look really good and it kind of gives an it gives you a better feel for what our group does um as far as um you know the the, the formation work and they yeah, should post those on the show notes yeah well I'll, I'll add some links uh to the show notes for that um one of the things that i, I kind of want to uh really express is that none of this is done um by accident there are several clinics done around the country that uh, uh, teaches pilots, competent pilots, how to fly formation. And there's um, the the guys that run that are are professionals and um, they're, they're pretty, they, 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 I mean, the, the rules of engagement are very strict. I mean, you, you need to do exactly what they tell you and, and there's no screwing around and it's, it's all handled um, very professionally. Matter of fact, our flight lead is uh, is an active duty uh, Army helicopter pilot, and uh, he runs the clinics and he ran this formation that we flew in um, like a military organization. And I think everybody appreciated that because it was it was professional, it was serious, and like like all military pilots that are out there that listen to this, you know, you know, when it's time for business, it's business, but when it's time to play, it's time to play. And, uh, we did a lot of both, I think, uh, during that week, but, uh, um, but I just wanted to make sure that, that everybody was aware that it's just not like a bunch of guys getting up and just, you know, doing, doing dumb stuff. This is very, very well planned, very well organized. Uh, and it's taken very seriously. The safety, safety is number one. And, uh, training is, is, the top priority safety training just over and over and over. Um, if you're not a competent pilot, I don't think you would have been able to be part of this. Um, I'm, I'm not sure because I haven't actually uh, participated in any of the, the formal clinics yet um, as a, as a pilot. So I'm not, uh, I'm not really qualified to say exactly what happens at the clinics. Keith will definitely explain what it is uh, eventually, but um, um, yeah. Anyway, well, this is their clinics. The clinics are very well organized, um, and they're done regionally. Will doesn't run them all. I mean, like the ones in the West, usually Mike or actually anybody that's a C two A guy can organize a clinic. Um, but there are very strict parameters that we follow. Um, we have our own set of rules, and um, you know, it it is it it's you know, it is dangerous. Let's not kid ourselves. I mean, 
as pilots, we're all trained to, to avoid traffic. And uh, here we are trying to um, form up on traffic. And um, it, it's very interesting. It's very uh, anti-intuitive. Um, and it's not for everybody. They talk about that at, at every clinic. You know, if, when you get newbies there, the first thing they say is, you know, it's not for everybody. If you don't, if you don't like it or you don't feel comfortable, don't feel bad. It's, uh, you know, it's not for everybody. Um, I will say this though, that the guy, the guys that do go through it and come out of it and participate in the Oshkosh, they are, they are just, they're very solid pilots and they're great guys. And I, th I think we've been successful in removing some of the, um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, stereotyping of, of uh, you know, what serious drivers are. Um, you know, we take ourselves pretty seriously. We think we do what we do very well. I think our last arrival was uh, was very pretty from some of the photos and, and videos I saw. And, um, you know, the guys did, everybody did a really, really good job. We had a lot of newbies in this group this year, and they did great. They all did great. So, um, very, very proud to be a part of this, this group. Very cool. Very cool. So my, my plan is, is kind of a side note. My plan is I would love to say that I'm in the market for, for buying a plane, but you know, here we go again. Yeah, here we go. Um, I just know that my wife has, has other ideas, but, uh, but if, if I can find, if I can find, uh, an aircraft that I can, I can rent or whatever partner into or something like that, then I'm, I'm definitely going to be doing the clinics myself. And, and I would love to be, you know, one of the other wings, uh, out there. I, I used to be able to rent an SR 20 and that's, that's how I got my experience, um, doing form in, in the CRI, but, uh, it would be good to do a clinic here because we did, uh, we had one John or Jim Anderson did one in Visalia last year and it was good. We got, uh, got some guys from Southern California up for it and, uh, and both of them actually qualified. We had a from the Bay area Yep, and we had, uh, Bill from uh, Long Beach. Okay. Uh, him and his wife came along, and um, you know, they were great. They ended up camping. Both of them ended up camping because, you know, there's a bucket list item they had to check off. But, um, yeah, it just turned out it turned out really good. So all the Vicks practice on Saturday together. And then uh, Sunday morning at, uh, you know, the alarm came on early at 4.30. We yep. had a uh, 6.30 departure scheduled. And, uh, frankly, when we woke up with the storms that had gone through, um, the previous two days, we, uh, we didn't think we were going to go. One of the storms on Saturday night actually moved my airplane, uh, rotated it around 90 degrees. Luckily there was no damage to it. Um, but it was a little scary when the FBO calls you and says, uh, Mr. Roberts, your plane has moved. What are you talking about? My plane moved. Uh, your plane has moved. We don't see any damage, but you better come out and check it down and tie it down again. That, that so was, there was quite a there was quite a, there was sixty mile an hour winds that apparently lifted the tail up and pushed it uh, to the right and it rotated ninety degrees and luckily on that side of my airplane there was um, there was just taxiway so nothing happened to it um, so I got very very lucky just one of the many series of events that happened in this trip that would just made it really special so it's one of the things that that I referred to earlier is that this trip. Uh, there were so many things that happened in a very positive way that you just, at the end of the day, you're like, you don't want to jinx it because things were going, even the bad things turned out very good. Um, and we had very few bad things, but I mean, that hit not that storm. We knew it was coming, but I mean, the plane was tied down, but they were those, uh, it's probably about a five foot by one foot by one foot, uh, plastic thing that you fill with water. And I tried to move it 
the first time. And those that know me know that I'm not a small guy and I'm, I'm pretty strong and I tried to move it and I couldn't move it. So we had each wing tied down to one of those and the wind was so strong that it could actually, it, like, like he said, it, it lifted the tail a bit and it moved this plane probably 20 feet and 90 degrees to the right. And it, uh, as we were walking up to it, it I, I, my heart started pounding because I thought the right wing was into the tail of the, the plane that was uh, the other Cirrus that was parked um, kitty corner to the right. Uh, I thought for sure we had contact and we got up there and it was about four feet away. Checked everything over and uh, the only thing that we found was one little scratch on one of the wheel pants. I think that was already there. But but if that's the case, we'll take it. But there was another aircraft there that was moved about you know 45 degrees and there were some of the nose wheels that you could tell the planes had, had, had turned a little bit. But uh, There were actually four planes in the group that had moved. Yeah. 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 Uh, and one jabberoo that was having the oh that's that was a scary the crap story. beat out of it yeah the 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 ramp guys actually when it was going down it, it broke one of the uh, tie down straps and the and two ramp guys were actually holding this plane down so it 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 didn't uh, flip or fly know, away fly away um, but uh, those guys don't get paid enough for for to do stuff like that I don't think but at least they saved airplanes and, and that plane didn't flip into another plane and. Because we heard some 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 stories about other aircraft at other airports that didn't fare as well. But uh, anyway, back to uh, Saturday morning. We're out there at Odark 30 where we have an expected takeoff time. And Sunday we're thinking morning. There's no shot. Sunday morning. So we all woke up with the storms that went through. We heard the Bonanza guys completely bailed on their mass arrival. 120 planes. They decided not to go in. And uh, so we all woke up in the morning thinking, oh, we're just going to go through this exercise and go hang out at the airport all day long, and we won't get in. Um, so we all arrived there at uh, 5.30 in the morning. And uh, Will starts the briefing, and uh, to everybody's surprise, he just says, we are a go. Get in your planes, get ready. We're starting engines in 20 minutes. And that was basically how quick the briefing went. Everybody was ready. Um, but I have to say, I would say uh, you could count on one hand the people that actually thought we were going to go. Um, so we fired up the engines. And, uh, well, actually, before we fired it up, Will said, I have to get uh, final clearance. Everybody go wait at their planes. And uh, about five minutes later, uh, one of the guys comes running down. and thumbs up. He goes, we're going, we're going. So everybody fired up. And uh, there's some... Uh, <laughs> There's some pretty incredible video of all the planes lining up on the runway and uh, taking off three at a time um, as we uh, departed north towards Oshkosh. And uh, very surreal morning uh, with still some clouds in the sky, but the sun was hidden. So it was casting a really good light, a really interesting light, very surreal light on, uh, on our formation. And um, when we first launched, we were uh, everybody was flying too level. And we remember all the turbulence we uh, had. We were, we, were getting... we were in wake turbulence and wake turbulence and wake turbulence. So then we ended up stacking high and we took care of that. So we were about maybe 100 feet above the, the guys in front of us. And it completely smoothed out and uh, made the en route. Um, it was as smooth as air as I've ever flown in in formation. And I was having to do minimal inputs on the controls to maintain a pretty tight uh, uh, number two on my lead. And, uh, it was, uh, it was, it was just surreal to, uh, the fact that we were actually flying there with the weather we'd had the previous two days, uh, knowing that camping was closed, 
uh, knowing that the airport was closed, knowing that we were the only group that was being let in, uh, basically because our flight leader, Will, uh, did a really, really good job of getting us into the airport. I won't reveal his secrets, <laughs> but um, he did amazing work. And I think it, the fact that we were only 22 planes uh, was a big help because they did have some ramp area that was where they could just park us and wait for camping to open. Um, but the arrival into Osh was amazing. Everybody did a really good job. Um, nobody, uh, nobody rubbed and, uh, no, no paint was traded. Um, from what I saw of some of the uh, people on the ground that were videoing, it looked really, really good. I, I actually got, got some feedback later on during the week that they, there were some folks that were down like near ultralights or, or vintage and they saw us coming in and they said that the, the entire group looked, looked very professional. Um, one of the things that we were able to do is we, we landed uh, two aircraft on 3-6, and during the show, uh, the taxiway to the east of 3-6 becomes 3-6 right. Um, so the way that we would do it is that uh, lead and two would land on, on 3-6, and, and three, about a mile out, would kick out to the right, and then they would land on, on 3-6 right. And everybody that, uh, you know, the, the handful of people that I spoke to said that... Uh, it looked very, very professional, um, and we were landing uh, even three, probably, I don't know how far the taxiway is out, probably 100, 150 feet away from 3-6. From um, even that far out, was most of our guys, most of our number threes were staying right in, in formation and, and touching down about the same time that uh, the main element was. Um, so they thought it was all very, very cool. Um, we, we all did... Uh, some high-speed taxis, I guess, to the to the end of the runway, uh, just to make sure that we were all clear of each other. And well, uh, the way we brief it is, we we're supposed to land long uh, right. to make sure that everybody behind you has plenty of runway to land on. That that didn't happen, from what I saw. Um, so we were in the fourth. Uh, we were in the fourth Vic, and uh, we landed. For those that that have the notum and can can look and see where we were, we actually landed about thirty feet past the purple dot. Um, which I think was was realistically, I think, one of our targets because later on in the debrief, Will actually asked, "Do you guys know where you landed?" And he goes, "You sh you sh you guys should have hit purple dot." And he was pointing at other people. You guys should have landed this dot, that dot. So yeah, on the video from what I saw, there was a lot of people landing way short of the purple dot. But yeah, yeah, but but everybody but still looked clear. Good. We didn't. We, everybody did well. They 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 we all taxied down. So the the miracle of of the of our entrance into Osh is that the facility was closed. There was, because of the weather, it was so wet. The grass was wet. Nobody was getting into Camp Shoulder. Nobody was getting into parking out on the grass for, for aircraft. I mean, it was whatever strings that Will pulled and, and bless him for being able to do it. We actually were able to park um, on the south side of uh, the 27 end of uh, 927. Um, which is out by um, Basler, but uh, but on on the south side of the runway, and we actually had a, a ramp that was, I could you not, it couldn't have been a per more perfect size because all of our aircraft fit right in there like it was meant to be, and um, so we were all on hard surface for a while, and uh, until we could figure out where we were actually gonna where the, those that were camping were gonna park, and we weren't even sure, you know, are we parking with them? Or are we staying here? <laughs> what are we doing? And and, uh, well, the best but, part is we got uh, hard service parking for the entire week. Yeah, and we didn't have to pay for it. Exactly, and that was one of the one of the bonuses. So there was actually, I think, until midweek, I think we had uh, what seven 
still able to park down on the hard surface, I think is what it was, and the balance of the of the crew who actually uh, uh, camped, um, they got some nice uh, North 40 parking um, right around. It's just, uh, what's the hotel that we had dinner at? Oh, uh, Hilton Garden Inn. Yeah, so, so they were they were close to the Hilton Garden Inn down there, uh, a little bit higher ground. So, it was but for the we'll progress a little bit. The uh, when we when we had the air show, the we had great seats for the air show. We'll just say that. So, rock star uh, seats. Rock star seats, exactly. So uh, yeah, so we got down there, shut down, and we we kind of got our bearings, and uh, yeah, uh, kind of waited. Some of us. Uh, we well, Keith and I had to go pick up a rental car, which was actually up in Appleton. So we were able to uh, we took an Uber up to Appleton. This is a little bit of time after we we did a debrief, and um, I'll just kind of brush over that. It just basically was Will and Ron and Mike uh, talking about uh, you know how we did and everything was was good, and they were very happy that uh, that it, uh, about how everybody did. Um, we kind of all broke off a little bit so we could get our, each get our own bearings and figure out what we were going to do. Um, those that were camping kind of stayed with their planes and those of us that were not camping, we, uh, we, like I said, uh, Keith and I had to go up to Appleton to, uh, to pick up a, a rental. So we were able to do that. And, uh, you know, what's the one thing you do when you go to a rental place is that you're expecting to stand in line forever. We go into Appleton, the rental place is completely empty. We walk up, he says, I've got a reservation for, for Roberts. And they're like, oh, Mr. Roberts, here you go. Da, 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 sign the papers. Uh, we were literally from the desk walking out the door in probably maybe six or seven minutes. It was it was kind of crazy. Um, jumped in the, jumped in the uh, rental car and back down we went and picked up all of our stuff. Well, and the best part is how you figured out how to get through the gate, which <laughs> we're not supposed to go through. So there's a back gate on the on – the, uh, I guess it would be the what is that the uh, east, east side, side of, of Oshkosh. Uh, it's it's right there by the where, near where we parked. So we pull up to this gate, and of course all the gates are locked. And there's a sign right there that says, you know, uh, vendor entrance Monday through Friday. And I'm looking at this, and and there's numbers down at the bottom of the of the sign. I'm like, there's no way. So these guys are all in the car, and they're like, you know how are we going to get in this gate to go get our stuff? And I'm like, hang on, let me go try something real quick. And I walk up to the keypad and I punch in some numbers. Boop, the gate opens again. It's like everything is going right. It, it, it was amazing. So we got in the back gate, drove right up to the plane, loaded up all of our stuff, turned right around and headed to this house that we, we were, we uh, were very, very fortunate to be able to hook up with uh, the, uh, the president of, Serious Owners and Pilots Association, uh, Roger, um, very very nice man. Um, but uh, we uh, we all stayed at a house. There's about seven of us that stayed at this this beautiful house in Fond du Lac. And uh, um, man, I'll tell you what, I've done this camping checkbox, got the shirt, and that that's a true story. And and I've done that. Uh, but I'll tell you what, if you have an opportunity to go to Osh, obviously you go there just for Osh. But uh, if you can get a house. <laughs> We had we had hot shower. We had, you know, anything that we needed at, at our at our at our disposal in this house. And the family that owns it uh, were amazing. They stocked up for us, and you know, all the things that you would never expect at a at a, like a I, I guess an Airbnb. Uh, everything was taken care of. So um, we got we got into the house and claimed our claimed our room and uh, got all of our stuff and. 
then headed back to headed back to Osh and uh, kind of see the lay of the land and, and figure out what was going on. Um, they finally got uh, they finally moved into camping probably around uh, six o'clock on Sunday night. Yeah. So there were some guys, and I felt bad. There was well, I won't say guys because it was their families too on a, on a few of them. They sat there on the on the on the tarmac by their planes waiting all day. And we we had come back a couple different times, and they were still there. They had pulled chairs and stuff out, and and they were just hanging out there by their planes. And um, well, they were cool with it. They were just glad to be there. Yeah, I think so too. Everybody, I think it was in really high spirits. They were just glad that we were able to fly in. We didn't have to. Well, they just had to remember what we did last year. I mean, last year we didn't get in till it was a similar kind of weather event, uh, except without the precipitation. But the field was IFR for like three days before, so no one could get in. And uh, we were lucky enough to get in around 7 o'clock at night on Sunday last year. But, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, they're just happy to be there. And um, uh, like Mark said, it just it was amazing how everything kind of fell into place. So the second time we, we showed up, I, I don't know, we, were, we came back to the plane to check on something or to get something. I can't remember exactly what it was, but that's when the uh, Osh Grounds crew came and uh, – they kind of huddled everybody up that was still there waiting, and they they said, "Okay, let's go. Get your planes. We're taking you down to where you're going." And and uh, so they took everybody down to parking, and um, they ended up th- camping right near where they were last year. Yeah, very close. It was very cool. So one of the first stops that we did because we were starving. One of the first stops we did was uh, Artie and Ed's. Uh, Keith had never been there, and he's like, "Okay, yeah, 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 whatever." So we go to this place because I've known it because of my uh, my uh, in the pattern crew and uh, Camp Bacon crew. Um, so I took him there, and and that was some pretty good pretty good grub. We had uh, I think I had hamburger, cheeseburger. Keith had to have his. No, uh, I have to have my Chicago dogs. The Chicago dogs. As I have to admit, that was as as gross as those look. They're really good. <laughs> <laughs> They're not gross. There's nothing gross about a good Chicago hot dog. Come on, man. Says the guy from Chicago. <laughs> so what did, what do we do? Let's see. It kind of blurs together after after a while. But on Sunday night, what uh, what all did we do? I don't remember Sunday night per se. <laughs> I think we had. Did we have kind of an early turn in? We kind of went back to the house and just chilled, or did we hang out? I don't remember. Yeah, we'll just move on. So Monday comes around, and then we had some a uh, few things that we had scheduled. Uh, we had a dinner that evening on Monday. Uh, I'm sorry, Sunday night was a serious party. That's that's what that it was. was not laying low. That's that was the serious party. So yeah, at the serious uh, pavilion there on uh, Celebrity what? Way. Celebrity Way, appropriately named, I guess. I don't, I don't know, but uh, yeah, uh, it was a. Uh, uh, you had to pre-register and or be a successful owner like Keith, and we were able to uh, to get in there. And there was uh, food, and music, and giveaways, and all kinds of stuff going on there. And uh, speech by the Sarah CEO. Yes. Soon to be ex CEO. Yes. So we got the. Well, he's not stepping down. He's stepping sideways. There you go. I think if I was if I was Dale, I would I would probably do the same thing. I still have to be involved somehow. Well, he wants to he wants to still do. Had a chance to speak with him for a while. He wants to do. Uh, still wants to be involved with marketing and and uh, pressing flesh and throwing parties. 
and a little bit on the design side, but he on needs to step side. back. Yep. Uh, so good, that was a good, good, time. Deci- good decision on his part. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. He needs to, I think he needs to stay involved. Uh, he, he's built a very amazing uh, company. Um, and if someday I manage to pick the right six numbers, <laughs> I will be an owner. <laughs> well, there's good days and bad days. Exactly. Exactly. Until, you know, you're replacing alt too. Yeah. And, and sensors and or caps, uh, other crap or caps. Yeah. It's 10 grand or seat belts or airbags or yeah. whatever. It's the life of a serious owner. It's the ongoing conversation that Keith and I have is what, what's owning, renting, owning, renting. I don't know. Well, I'll figure it out someday. Someday when I finally grow up. I'm sure I'll let you buy one. <laughs> yeah, when my, yeah, when my wife lets me buy one. That'll be uh, never. But uh, I'm working I'm working on it. So, yeah, at the, the Cirrus, Cirrus Pavilion, it was, uh, we had to see a lot of good people. Uh, most of the group were there. And uh, one of the nice things about, uh, about the Cirrus Pavilion, um, Keith was able to, as, a, as an owner, procure us some, some special badges that got us uh, access to their, um, I guess it's called the VIP lounge, but it's fully air-conditioned drinks and snacks and all kinds of stuff. And it was a good place that we could actually, we actually used it a couple of times to, Hey, let's meet at the, at the lounge where with other people in the crew. And, uh, we ran into several of our, our C2A friends there. Well, it's uh, a great location right in the center of the show. And it's nice to get out of the heat every now and then and absolutely and recharge. So that's a, that's a great segue with that storm that came through it, When we first landed in, uh, um, uh, Yankton. We opened up the Keith's plane has uh, air conditioning, but uh, when we shut down and opened the door the very first time in Yankton, the heat and the humidity just crawled all over. You were like, "Oh, this is not going to be good." So it might we, have been worse in Janesville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So once we got to Janesville, it was just like, "Ah, oh, here we go again." But then when that storm came through, about ten minutes before that storm hit. The temperature dropped about 10 to 15 degrees and the humidity was gone. And the humidity level throughout the week, the weather was gorgeous. I, I, I couldn't have picked better weather. It had a little bit of overcast on some days, high, high cover. Um, but for the most part, we had, had slight breeze, low humidity. I think the temperatures were probably, I don't know, high 70s, low to mid 80s. The whole week was amazing. Oh, it was, it was, the weather couldn't have been more perfect. Um, yeah, and uh, so we were very fortunate that way. So that's another one of those parts of the uh, events that went very well for us. Um, so, so Monday night, yeah, we did the Cirrus party, um, and then uh, after that, we I think we went back we went back to the back to the house. But uh, Tuesday or, or Monday, yeah, Monday was uh, was uh, the Copa dinner, right? So we saw a bunch of stuff during the. We had to go see some of the the key locations during the day though I get mixed up on I think we went to Warbirds first because that's both both Keith and I both love Warbirds so it, it worked out well we uh, we went down there and saw a lot of ho-hum we, oh look another Mustang uh, oh look another another C47 another oh you know that's the that's what I've always called the the Osh syndrome because you know when when Doc or Fifi are, are flying, or or one of the B-17s are flying, after about a day, you you stop looking up because you know what it is, um, and that only happens at Oshkosh. It's amazing what shows up at Osh every year. 
So that was the thing. Monday morning, I had live ATC on my phone in this uh, our rental vehicle. Um, our rental vehicle um, has uh, Apple CarPlay, so I was able to I was able to uh, push the sound through the car, and we're listening to the tower. And it was the funniest thing was we're coming into the grounds because we uh, were trying to get into to park. The the tower comes on and says, okay, this is about uh, 8.30 in the morning. Tower comes on and says, everybody that's trying to come in here, stop what you're doing. Go away. Go back to Ripon. Go back to wherever you are. I've got a couple of F-18s that are going to be in the box here for about 10 minutes. And uh, they need space. So go away. About five minutes later, all of a sudden, and this is all that's said on the radio, and it was the coolest thing, all you hear is, blue one, box is clear. And the next thing you know, the Blue Angels come from the west. They fly over Camp Scholar, right over Show Center, smoke on, full trail. They do a big loop to the left. They come back around. They fly down 1-8, and... Uh, and I think they maybe made a couple more passes and then they were gone. Uh, they only made two passes, but yeah. uh, it was impressive. So they were all they did because and it kind of shows the 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 uh, what's the word I'm trying to say? It shows the level of respect that uh, Air Venture has. They were just transitioning from one show to another, and that, matter of fact, I found out later they were up in Duluth. So that's where the air show they were headed to. And uh, so they, they, they did a quick flyover over Osh and then went up to Duluth for the air show. And uh, kind of fast forwarding through the week, not to be outdone, I think it was like three of the Canadian snowboards showed up and they did a little thing, and, but they stayed. And then not to be outdone again, Thursday afternoon, we get a, a John uh, tells us, he's all, hey, sit tight for a minute. And this is about 2.30 in the afternoon. He's all, there's a surprise coming. So again, not to be outdone, 237, right over the top of us, the Thunderbirds come in. They do an amazing approach. They come over the, they come from the west to the east again. They break off and they're doing almost like a mini show. They do a huge at the crowd bomb burst that they always do. And then I think they probably made a half a dozen passes of different sorts. And then all of a sudden they form back up. They were gone, like they were never there. It was the coolest thing, and again, they were on their way to another show. But they couldn't be outdone by the by the Navy, by the Blues. Couldn't be outdone by the Blues. They had to do a better show, so it was which was pretty cool. I'm I'm and I'm good with that. So, um, let's see, um, what else? So Tuesday, Tuesday was the uh, it was the Copa barbecue. Copa barbecue, or actually C two A barbecue. So the the C2A is a is kind of a subset of Copa, Cirrus Two Air Venture, and um, it's a group of guys that uh, that you know fly formation basically, and um, this year uh, we had there was a lot of people there. I I cooked and I I made probably I don't know fifty brats and fifty burgers and everything got eaten, unlike last year. Um, the key is start cooking the brats early because we only had one grill. Um, but it turned out great. Lots of great prices were given away. Um, and that's actually one of our biggest, uh, fundraising events of the year. So it was good to have, um, a nice turnout for that from, uh, good support from the serious people. Um, but that's a, that's a nice event and it's a lot of fun. It's a nice way to end the Tuesday. That was cool. So we missed the we missed talking about was it Monday night where we did the Copa dinner? 
so that was a actually a, a pretty good dinner. Um, a lot of people. There was probably at least four hundred owners and. It, was, it wasn't yes. 400, but it was well over three. I think it's the biggest crowd they've ever had there. That was there was a lot of people in this in this in this ballroom area, and uh, by by registering for the dinner, you uh, you also get a uh, almost like an auction flyer thing. It's got a number on it, and I thought that was what it, that was going to be for. Was I thought they were going to auction off stuff because it's my first one. I wasn't sure what to expect, and. Uh, so we had our dinner, and we actually had reserved C2A had actually gone in. Uh, Ron had actually gone and reserved four tables for us. We were kind of in the back. That way, we we could all, as a C2A group, kind of sit together. It's actually Michael Bush arranged all that. Did Michael do that? Yeah. Okay, I take that back. Um, but then the uh, the raffle kicks off, and that's what these that's what these uh, cards were for that had they had your numbers on it. Um, so. They start off the raffle, and it's it's a it's a it turns out to be a really nice uh, prize pack from Steel Aviation. It's a a headset case that's from uh, Flight Outfitters, and a, a, a sunscreen, like uh, you know, a windshield screen thing, and um, this a really cool knife that was in there. Uh, it, you, you flip it, and it opens up like a, a Leatherman pliers and hats and t-shirts and all kinds of stuff. Well, they called the first number and it was mine. So we started off the night very well. It was one of the, one of the white shirts cause we were all wearing our white C2A polo shirts. And, uh, that, that I think kicked off, uh, um, how can I say it? It kicked off a nice trend. <laughs> well, the white shirts seemed to do very well. The, uh, the white shirts did very well with the raffle that night. Then, uh, there were some uh, non-white shirt owners that weren't real happy about it. I think, no. but, you know, have another glass of wine; it'll be good. They'll have to get over it. Exactly. The, um, the so I ended up winning the, the steel aviation do. thing, and I think almost everybody at our table won something except for Keith. Uh, not me. Um, but uh, we had some we had some other folks at our table that were <laughs> cracking me up. Um, what the, what's I forgot their names already. Pam, feel, Pam and John Baker. Pam and John Baker. Pam is, she cracked me up all night long, and 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 her and bless her husband. He just he just goes along for the ride, and he just because he knows, you know, he knows his wife well. But she was cracking me up, and her her we we started calling her two 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 because that was her number. And every time the they were up there picking picking a new number, she's yelling back there two two two. So, Everybody in the room knew what her number was. Exactly, but after the the end of the night. Uh, some of the prizes that that they had were uh, they had some good stuff, but there was one big one. I mean, they were they were giving away jet shades for the Cirrus. Those are expensive. Which are expensive. Well, they're uh, giving away uh, four thousand dollar avionics packages too. Exactly, and then the big one that uh, one of our that, that Will still I think is trying to is trying to uh, to get uh, was a an electronic ignition uh, conversion, which is about a four thousand dollar package that uh, one of our guys in the group won, and. Uh, uh, that's very sought after, um, but there was a lot of oil changes and maintenance and. Okay. No, the Copa organization does a really good job of uh, getting sponsors to kick stuff in. It was I was impressed by by the level of some of the stuff that they were that they were uh, raffling off. Four flight subscriptions. Oh, there were many, stuff, yeah, many four flight subscriptions. They had a um, at our at our barbecue. We got a, We had like two or three Century units. I actually wanted one. But uh, but I didn't get one. 
Um, what else? Overall, I think it was a very good night. There was appetizers and drinks and all kinds of stuff. So that was it was nice to kind of see that that group, that organization, and how it was run and handled. And they did a internal fundraiser for uh, education, and uh, um, I think they did well. They raised I think seven or eight thousand dollars alone just that night for for uh, the what were they calling it, the Cirrus University. But right. it wasn't. I mean, that was just their their nomenclature for it. It's, but it's for continuing education scholarship. Well, if you go on the Copa website, you'll see it. It's, yes, there you go. Yeah. So, um, then what else? Let's see. We covered Tuesday the barbecue. Wednesday, it's all blurring together. I know it is. We actually, I think Wednesday we uh, we kind of just wandered the grounds, checked out some of the pavilions. Um. We discovered the tram system. I mean, I already knew about it, but I don't know if Keith knew about it. But we discovered the trams on how to get from north to south, the red and the yellow, and the, I think there's a blue one too. But uh, We were still walking 7 to 10 miles. Yeah, exactly. Even using the tram, I, I, my, my Apple Watch was pegging out uh, almost every day. One, um, of the, one of the things we did this year, and I, th- I don't remember if we did it Wednesday or not, but uh, went over to the seaplane base. And I guess they had more planes there at the seaplane base this year than they've had ever by like a like they had 60 planes and i think last year they only had 30 and um so it's just it's just a totally different feel than osh i mean it's so relaxing over there. that's one of the things that we did we did sunday because they were still setting up yeah we checked it out on sunday so that was one of the things that was that was one of the our things is like we want you know what we need to make sure that we come back when it's set up because i want to i wanted to see if you know some of the cool planes were going to come in but when we got there um, one of the main ranges we went back is when we were riding the tram, you hear a couple of uh, old radial multi-engine flying over. And I looked up and I went, wait a minute, is that a Catalina? And and that's the first one I'd ever seen flying in my life. And, and I don't know if it was for Keith too, but you look up and there's a PBY flying right down 3.6. And uh, it, it peeled off and we're like, well, it's an amphib, it, and it didn't land on the field, so we're thinking, well, maybe it's out at seaplane base. And it flown, it flown, I don't know, two, three times during the week. So that was one of the reasons that we decided to go back, hoping that we could go see it out there. But uh, it wasn't out there either. Well, we tried to find it, but we weren't successful. I'm, I'm assuming it was up at Appleton. Probably, probably. Although I was hoping it was going to be there when we, uh, we, when we wrapped up our week, but I right. didn't see it out there then either. But uh, Wednesday, Wednesday was a was a good day. It was just nice and easy, and kind of t- t- took it easy a little bit. Uh, um, Thursday and Friday were definitely kind of like the relaxed days. Uh, we just kind of we we had Keith had a great idea that we uh, he had he had packed in the plane when we left uh, a couple of uh, folding chairs, um, you know, like soccer mom and dad chairs, <laughs> and so they were easy to uh, easy to to carry around. So we took those on both Thursday and Friday, and uh, man, I'm glad we did because. Uh, Wednesday afternoon, I was definitely looking for, for somewhere to sit. It was just starting to catch up to me. I think all the the miles that we were walking. And, uh, so we had those and I, I think at one point in time we were camped out under, uh, under the C46A, which was actually kind of cool to see the new, uh, tanker, the Pegasus. Um, that thing is, is a piece of art. It really is. It's a, it's a beautiful new platform for, for aerial refueling. And we're talking brand new. Brand new. Yeah, like they had just taken delivery of it. Speaking of something else that was brand, brand new, 
they uh, Boeing, because we were right there in Boeing Plaza, Boeing brought in a brand new 747-800 in the UPS livery. And it had literally just come from the paint shop, which is, I'm I'm sure, up in Seattle, uh, directly to Osh. UPS hadn't even taken delivery of it yet, but they parked it right there. And then... What, oh, oh, then, yeah, then behind it, and I thought it was a, a 777, and all of a sudden I look up at the wingtips, and I'm like, well, wait a minute, that's not a 777. It ended up being a, a 787 Dreamliner that they parked right behind the 7-4. Um, that was pretty cool to see. Um, we didn't uh, we didn't try to battle the crowds to get in line to go see what, what they looked like inside, but uh, there was uh, long lines. <laughs> To say the least, but uh, yeah, I saw the the crowd data today. It's, they said there was over six hundred thousand people there. Yeah, yeah, ten thousand airplanes, twenty five hundred show planes. So I thought attendance was down, but I was wrong. It kind of felt like uh, it was down in some areas. The I, I think because of the the grass, uh, maybe it finally hardened up by midweek. I think they that's where the numbers really started to pick up with people being able to get in and park. Um, I know that on uh, we were listening to live AT live ATC on uh, on Sunday. Was it Sunday? They were saying if unless you had Tundra tires, you couldn't get in. I think it was that was still back on Sunday, but and it was kind of like that uh, working its way through um, into Tuesday too. I believe it was. They were very restrictive on who they were letting in, uh, just because they didn't have any work to any grass to to park them on. But by Wednesday, things had dried up, hardened up enough that they were starting to let more aircraft in. And by Wednesday, Thursday, when we walked down Warbird Alley again, it was packed. It was full. I've, I've never seen that many aircraft out there. The the uh, the taxiway that they have out there where they park a lot of the jets was, they were they were double stacking them. I mean, they had them wedged in there. They were so tight. Um, uh, P-51 so, parking was full. They were honoring Bud Anderson this year. Yeah, um, yeah. Triple uh, A's from World War II. Local, uh, local, local resident local guy. area here. And uh, so they had they invited every Mustang in uh, basically the world that wanted to make the trip to Osh. And uh, I'd say there's probably 30, 35 Mustangs there. At least. It was crazy. When they, what was it, hey, Thursday and Friday, they were doing a bunch of the, uh, bunch of the uh, element flyovers with the 47s and the the T6s and the Mustangs. I mean, you'd, you'd see flights of three and four Mustangs and there'd be four Vicks of them just going overhead and they're like catching and they were having counter rotating loops. You'd have them on one side of three, six uh, making patterns to the right. And you'd have the, on the, on the over, over the uh, shoulder and the rest of the, of the property, they're making left-hand circles out there. And it was, it, after a while, you're just like, oh control my God, that's a lot of traffic. <laughs> and then they would rotate them, and they, then you'd have the C-47s coming in, and then you'd have L-39s and T-28s and T-34s, and that was a lot of stuff in the air during the week there. And of course, the best Mustang was the Jack Roush Mustang in the Ford booth. That was pretty cool. I'm not a, you know what? Those again, those that know me know that I'm a Corvette guy, but that was, that was a, cool, a nice car. That was a cool car. And the paint job was amazing and it was all painted up like uh, Bud Anderson's P51. Yeah. It uh, was I thought they were raffling it and then we found out later that it was actually uh, auctions. And I'd be curious to see how much it went for. That probably week. a lot. That was a really nice car. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been it was it was a beautiful beautifully done. Very respectful, I thought uh for uh Carl Anderson. Well, whoever bought it should have just uh, bought it and given it to Bud. <laughs> I agree. 
I agree. Of course, if you're one of those guys that's that's you know bidding on stuff like that, you probably have what I refer to as fu money. But <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so you could afford to donate it to uh, to Bud. So um, on, on Friday, Mark got to meet one of my childhood buddies, Matt oh, Jager. He was he was a kick in the pants. I I really liked him. So he's a good dude. He was there with his daughters. Stork. Uh, call sign Stork. Uh, he was there with his two daughters, and uh, they looked like they'd been partying the night before. But um, <laughs> oh, Matt's a great guy, childhood friend, and uh, ex-Marine, uh, Super Cobra pilot. Uh, did 20 years in the Corps, and uh, it shows. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Just but, seeing him, but, just seeing him walk through the thing, I started yelling, "Marine, Marine!" <laughs> and uh, he's a good guy. It was good to spend some time with him. So he is a captain for whom? He flies for. Um, he's a seven thirty seven captain for American. Okay. So I, I think I think that's flying for American has kind of softened him a little bit, but uh, he's. I don't know. I don't. I don't think I'd call anything on Matt soft. No. <laughs> No, no, but he's a. I I really enjoyed spending time with him and his and his daughters. They uh, they're they're fun. Uh, Matt is is high energy. Yeah, he's always been that way. Yeah, his daughters kind of checked out on him a couple of times, which I thought was funny. Because <laughs> well, I think they my, were... just a, a handful of years ago, my daughters did the same exact thing. It's like, all right, Dad, whatever, you know. <laughs> well, they've got to put up with him twenty four seven. But uh, Lily's going to graduate from uh, University of Arizona and. Um, Olive is, I think, a senior. I think that's what yeah. at Glenbrook North, my old high school. So she's so yeah. Matt still lives in the same town we grew up in. So yeah, but he went to U of A and Lily went to U of A, so was, that's kind of the connection there. But that's kind of cool. And I think Olive wants to go different different directions. That's what it sounded like. Yeah, she seems uh, she's a very interesting young lady. It's good to spend time with them. So that we ended up after the air show, we ended up uh, splitting off because Matt was do had uh, I think barbecue duty at uh, one of his, one of the groups he's associated with there. Oh, that was the pilots union. Is that what it was? Yeah, okay. they were actually over uh, in Shola, right by near where Camp Bacon is. Cool. They've got the same setup every year. Uh, I think the girls wanted to get out of town too. Well, that's when it started raining on Friday. And I think they just they kind of had enough. The girls were out late the night before, and I think we uh, two and a half three hour drive home. Yeah, I think it was that wasn't that that was one of the nights we I think we wrapped up a bit early too. I think we had enough day about about five five days into Osh. Well, Friday night we went to Roxy's. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was good. That was really good. When in Wisconsin, you got to do the supper club thing. That's right. That was. That's another thing that worked out. We walked into this into the supper club, and the place is packed. And and we go up to the count up to the uh, the uh, hostess and said, "Well, we're just you know we're looking for. Well, we have the you can you can sit at the bar here or wait for a table to open up, or we have another bar in the back." And I'm thinking, "Oh, this is a little sketchy." So we're like, "All right, let's go check it out." So we go back there. The bar is full. The tables are full except for one table that's wide open. I'm like, oh, there's a table right there. So we walked right over, grabbed a table. The hostess came right up and she's, oh, you're gonna, eat, you're, are you eating back here? Yeah, we are. Not a problem. I mean, everything's just boom, boom, boom. And they had some uh, model aircraft hanging in there. 
There was one directly over the bar right by us that happened to be a Cirrus. There you go. Like, okay, this is meant to be. <laughs> and then pointing right at us was a Mustang. And then, then something at the other end of the bar, I think, was a, a Husky or something like that. But, uh, yeah, that was a, that was a, a, another one of those things that just meant to happen. And uh, we had great service, great food. Both of us got a got a steak, and I introduced, uh, I don't know if I, initial introduction, but I, I introduced Keith to my favorite, which is Johnny Walker Black. And uh, so we had a couple of those. And well, you didn't figure out that I had a bottle of that sitting at home, too? Because as soon as I got home on, on Saturday, I fired that thing up. <laughs> he, sends me a, he sends me a text with a picture. Oh, look what I'm having. <laughs> Just happened to have some double black here. So, but... Uh, so we can fast forward to our, our planned departure was Saturday, uh, and which is when we did. Um, we got up at uh, about what four. Got up early. Got uh, up early. That was that was an early. I mean, we even all of us, uh, those of us that were left at the house, were all planning on departing uh, Saturday morning. So we all turned in probably pretty early. I think the latest was maybe ten o'clock. But um, yeah, so we got up at four. We were ready to go out the door by five because the plan was to go wheels up at six. Um, that's the soonest that you could uh, crank engines to depart at uh, at Osh. So we draw. We uh, we we got out to the to the plane at uh, about five thirty. Five thirty and uh, loaded the plane up. And uh, while Keith and Matt, well, Matt and I decided the night before we were going to launch as an element. Yep. Uh, inform, inform, and then uh, just break it off. And I'd go up to Appleton and pick you up after you drop the car off. So that's what we did. Yep. And then uh, Keith, yeah, Keith met me up at Appleton, and we jumped in the plane, and and we we basically reverse course back. The only downside is for the trip back, we unlike the those trip. headwinds that were favorable on the yeah. uh, way out, were working against us so it was quite a slog to get home it was we had we had it ranging anywhere from 15 to i think probably 28 mile an hour uh 28 knot i should say headwinds and uh it it took us i think i did the math and it was almost 11 hours to get home that but that includes our our two stops the flight time uh, set 11 yeah it was it was brutal it was um and and we we picked up we picked up chop probably nebraska so I think we had a solid five and a half hours of chop, which took took its toll. Well, uh, we had, we had to dodge some thunderstorms too. That too. So yeah, we we ran into some storms um, east of Salt Lake, and it was those were the worst. But the there was also some in uh, Nebraska and uh, eastern Wyoming that we had to kind of go around. I went through one because the plane needed to be cleaned. <laughs> it wasn't really a thunderstorm; it was just a squ- uh, storm. A little rain squall. So but, yeah, we uh, uh, we had, uh, Keith had done his flight plan, and he had figured we'd be home about four thirty, and uh, we were pretty damn close. We were doing yeah, we we just did the same stops. I mean, it worked. We got to you know go back through Yankton and look at their food again. They had an amazing spread set out that day too, and it was I think it was pretty much for just people that go to Oshkosh. Sure. So. But uh, got home safe, and uh, the only thing was we couldn't be RFR legally with uh, one alternator out, so I had to do it all VFR. But it uh, it all worked out. The the weather was was absolutely, with the exception of the stuff that we had to fly around, was uh, 
was truly VFR. It was all dodgeable. I mean, they were, they were just scattered thunderstorms. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Few there was no lightning there. or anything, so it wasn't yeah. bad. But besides the besides logging back, I got some pretty cool pictures around uh, around Salt Lake. They had got quite a bit of rain while we were gone um, because there were sections of the the Great Salt Lake there that uh, was dry on our way out, and it was uh, they were completely wet, full. I don't want to say full. I don't know how you know whatever the depth is out there, but flying over, um, there was water levels up pretty high. Um, so yeah, then we made it, but we made it back over and. Uh, came a route that I've never flown before over, um, coming through Reno. Um, we were, I was actually on Victor six the whole way. Yeah. Victor six. I've never, I've never come that way. And it was, it was, it was cool because it's, uh, it, to be honest, I've done it in flight sim a thousand times before I got my license, but, uh, to actually do it, uh, that route, to see the backside of Donner, to see the backside of some of the, the, uh, well, actually, the I actually right broke it off to the, to the North of Victor six, because um, we weren't high enough to go over Mount Rose, right? So I just so, so we, ended we just up going flew right over Rose. Truckee Airport, and yep. then I just did a uh, little bit of terrain avoidance, and then started our descent. And uh, here we are. Yep, home made safe. it back. So we uh, nothing but nothing but good memories. I mean, it was an amazing trip. I, I I'd say of of going to I've done many many air shows. Uh, matter of fact, I I. Those that know also know that I'm a, a, a team team manager for the the Mather Air Show out here, the California Capital Air Show. So I'm I'm very familiar with air shows and how they run. And but I have to say that that this trip going to Osh with Keith this year was by far the best. It was the best experience I've ever had. The uh, the group of people that we were with were amazing. Um, by extension, the the COPA folks that that I met and uh, and socialized with were all very cool people. Um, uh, and, and, a, and a group of people that I would be happy to socialize with again or, or be part of. Um, but uh, specifically, all, all the people that were in our C2A group were rock-solid people. Um, I, I couldn't – if you ever if you ever want to get involved in an aviation group, and um, these guys are definitely salt of the earth, very friendly. Um, um, they, they treated me like I was – I've been part of the group for years. And uh, it was it was very cool, very welcoming, and, and I'm very appreciative of that. Um, Most of the Cirrus owners, I think you'll find, are are pretty cool. There's a stereotype. I don't know how it started up, but Cirrus owners are snooty and diff, and you know snobby and whatnot. But I I don't know. There's none of that in the C2A group. Not not that I saw. They're very uh, uh, they're very open. We did run into some other type uh, owners. We won't mention the types, but uh, we were actually. <laughs> We were actually joking quite heavily during the week, uh, but uh, there's there's a couple of uh, type groups out there that we, we ran into the people, and it was just they fit the stereotype perfectly. They were just grumpy old men, and they were pissed off at the world for no reason. I'm like, dude, you're at Osh. Why are you pissed? Yeah, so relax, dude. Go have a beer. Exactly. You haven't brought a beer, and yeah, relax. Go have, a, go have a Lenny's and a brat, dude. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so. Anyway, yeah, we made it back safe and uh, we had a blast. And I, I, I would, I can't wait to do it again, um, minus the headwind, because that was that was brutal. But yeah, there's no way to avoid it. No, no, it just is what it is. But um, well, you have to get a Cirrus. Exactly. Then we can do form the whole way. Well, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about the I'm all about the combat spread. <laughs> nice and easy. Let's break it off and you know. 
do it for little bits at a time. Exactly, exactly. It is pretty. It is pretty demanding. It is. So let's. Uh, we might as well start to wrap this up. We're uh, we're well over an hour right now. So uh, John's going to have some editing to do. To probably dial us back a little bit. This That's right. This is a, a this is a quick cast. Isn't this it? was supposed to be a quick cast, but I, I knew it wasn't going to be just because this is how it so is. So much happened. I start talking. Um. So as far as information, do you you want to pass on C2A, Cope, all that stuff? Uh, www.c2a.club, Cirrus Owners and Pilots Association, is uh, www.cirruspilots.org. Okay. All kinds of great information there. If you own a Cirrus, this becomes your uh, this becomes your manual. Absolutely. There's a lot of good information on maintenance and whatever in here. But if you're a Cirrus pilot and you've ever thought about formation flying, you got to try it. I mean, it's it just it really sharpens your stick and rudder skills and um, the camaraderie. I think is what I get the most out of it. Just it's such a great group of people. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Um, it really puts um, some frosting on the Oshkosh cake as far as because um, you're walking around the show, you see these people. It's like you've known them for. A hundred years. Exactly. And, um, we 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 did we ran into a couple. We went to a couple of different events on on there, and uh, you know everybody's like, "Hey, how you doing?" Uh, Shaking your hand and like a long lost friends. So, and then the, the the networking that you get involved with too is just is really special. Yeah, so I can't yeah. say enough about how um, how special the C two A experience is, and uh, and uh, anybody that does it, I, I think we'll say the same thing in that I'm saying is it's, it's an experience that, uh, as a pilot, you need to have, <laughs> it's just, it's really, really fun. Very cool. Okay. Since we're now at, uh, an hour plus, I'm going to go ahead and we'll go ahead and wrap it up here. You can contact key through me. You can always get a hold of me at Mark at in the pattern podcast. Um, I'm, uh, CA Pilot Mark on Twitter, which I, I have to honestly admit I haven't been on much uh, for the past few months. Um, I have an uh, Instagram account, which is CA Pilot Mark, and then you can always find me, uh, Mark Lacoste, on Facebook. Ninety uh, percent of the time, I uh, I will respond to you uh, pretty quickly. Um, I have it on all of my devices, so if you send me a message, um, I'll, I'm pretty quick to respond. Um, but otherwise. Thank you, Keith, for coming on, and uh, it's been long overdue. Thanks for having me. And uh, and with that, I'll go ahead and uh, wrap up, and I'll uh, I'll do John's um, famous ending. Uh, cleared for the option, make left traffic. There you go. <laughs> <laughs>